are back with Yin and Young, the podcast. Uh, let's see, what, in 28, 29, so episode 30. 31. 31? 30? 30, I think it's 30, I think right? It's 31. Really? Oh my gosh. Um, the So, yeah, we are here with actor, well, you know what this episode's called? This episode, George Q. Nguyen. <laughs> Uh, we're here with uh, George Hunet. George, you want to say hi real quick? Hey, everyone. All right. We are here with uh, the actor George. Uh, he, I met let's see. I met George back in the Bay Area in San Jose. Uh, like we hanged out with uh, another mutual friend of ours, Jennifer Pong. Uh, I think we went to go watch like a. Uh, <laughs> A, uh, a a version of like the grandmaster or something or yeah that's right yeah 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 we we uh he came out for a screening he went like they drove all the way from the sf where you're which your george is from and came all the way to san jose and jennifer was the, hanged out with us as well so uh cool so we met we met then kept in touch because i guess you know we're, we've been in and out of same circles like the same um what Asian American slash Hollywood slash entertainment circles, whatever. Yeah. So cool. And yeah. So I, what I wanted to get started with is Dan. Sorry, Dan, do you have any questions or are you good? Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm good. Cool. So, uh, wait now, uh, so let's start with from the beginning. Uh, you grew up in the Bay area. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was born in Texas, uh, okay. El Paso, but I grew up in San Francisco. My parents came here uh, before the fall of Saigon. They came over here in... My mom actually came over here in 68, uh, and um, my dad was here a little bit before that. They used to teach for the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, which is a language school for the government. Monterey, oh, Monterey, Monterey California. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. cool. And so technically, I should have been born in Monterey. Yeah. But because of the teaching gig my dad had in Texas at the time while my mom was pregnant, mm -hmm. he had to drive down to Texas uh, to work while she was pregnant. Hence, that's why I was born in El Paso, Texas. I know nothing about Texas. <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. Uh, most Texans don't think El Paso is part of Texas anyhow because it's oh. so far west. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I technically grew up in San Francisco all my life. So I'm a SF kid. And when you say San Francisco, like we're talking like legit San Francisco, San Francisco yeah. proper. Yeah. San Francisco I grew up proper. in the Knob Hill area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went to all the public schools there. Yeah. Graduated high school there. I went to college there. Mm. Um, oh, you went to college in SF area? Yeah. I went to SF state. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. you spent a good amount of time at SF, okay? Yeah, pretty much my whole life uh, yeah. until I uh, moved to L.A. Uh, three years ago. Right. So, like, we basically came to L.A. around... Hold on, let me move this real quick. Uh, we came we came to L.A. like around the same-ish time, I guess. Yeah, because I came in for grad school and you came here for the industry, right, I guess? Right. Yeah. But, like, in college... Like, did you study acting or no? No. My first year in college, I was a film major. Oh. And I started making films in 8mm and, oh, God. and uh, whatnot. 
uh, before digital uh, era. Oh man, I have. Some, I, I don't want to even some... tell you my age, but that's you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what we were doing. Uh, it was really fun, but uh, I knew that for me, my passion was in the acting portion of it rather than the filmmaking portion of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, in front of the camera. In front of the camera, as opposed to behind the camera. Uh, it was fun learning the technical aspects of filmmaking. Yeah, uh, I enjoy that. But for me, that my passion was with the uh, in being in front of the camera and on stage, actually more so than uh, film. Uh, so I so I decided to change my major to uh, cell and molecular biology. <laughs> 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 and that's not because my parents forced me or anything like that. For me, I felt like. I wanted to just make sure I studied something um, more practical, uh, just for my own sake. Uh-huh. Uh, because I knew that acting was a passion, but I knew that it would be a tough road if I were just to study either filmmaking or just to study theater yeah. uh, in college. So I, I wanted to just prove to myself I could study something uh, outside of the, the arts. Because, um, you know, a lot of my family relatives are doctors and dentists and pharmacists. And I was like, mm, you know, I'll study science and see where I go from there. Yeah. Um, so so I did uh, cell and molecular biology after I studied uh, filmmaking. Um, and in the meantime, I was looking for a job in college to, you know, make some extra money. And I... Uh, I saw a job opening at the American Conservatory Theater, which is... Oh, ACT. Yeah, yeah which is, you know, the, the theater company is also a school right. for dramatic arts. Uh, and it's, you know, it was ranked pretty high up there in dramatic arts. Yeah, I mean, what's her name? Uh, uh, the Elizabeth Banks is from there. Elizabeth Banks, Annette Benning, Winona okay. Ryder, Nicolas oh. Cage, Denzel Washington, Benjamin Bratt. Oh, wow. There's a whole slew of people who graduated from ACT. Oh, great. Uh, Did MFA Robin program. Williams? No, Robin Williams didn't go to oh, ACT. Oh, no, he's a different scene, but he lived in Marin. So, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, he actually lived in San Francisco. Oh, he lived in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, okay. Out in the Richmond. Ah, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah I, I saw him one time getting ice cream at... Uh, at Toy Boat on Clement. I was going there at 10 o'clock at night with a friend. And yeah. we were in line. And then my friend, she's like, hey, this guy behind us looks just like Robin Williams. <laughs> I turned around. I said, that's Robin Williams, silly. <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow, he, he was a really nice guy. I hear he's a, a, a tangent, Robin Williams tangent. Uh, I hear he's like a, a sweet guy. Like he, he would go unannounced sometimes to children's hospitals and perform or entertain the kids. Yeah. I read that article on that, uh, kind of like his Patch Adams character or whatever. So uh, yeah, he used to drop in on comedy stores too, and comedy oh. shows like the local comedy stores, and just come in and do a set for people uh, without anyone knowing that he was going to show up and stuff like that. And he also loved like anime, like Evangelion. One of my favorite animes of all time was one of his favorites. So, anyways, okay. So going back to um, uh, so ACT. Yeah, you're, so I. You're in, you're, but you're still going to college at this time, or yeah, I'm still going to college. Yeah, still, yeah. still taking my uh, bio and chemistry and all that fun stuff. Oh gosh. Uh, well, and then uh, there was a job opening, and when I was a little kid, I used to walk by ACT 
Uh, and the first play I ever saw was at ACT, which was Christmas Carol. And I fell in love with the theater uh, since then. Mm. And, you know, I used to love the movies also. Were there but, any Asian actors in that Christmas Carol? No, there wasn't. <laughs> but that was a long time ago and times okay. have changed. And I think there's more minorities in the Christmas Carol at ACT now than there oh, were uh, back then. But uh, it blew me away. The performances of the kids and the, the story itself uh, when I watched that play. So I used to walk by the theater thinking to myself, oh, one of these days, uh, I hope to do something with them. Not knowing that however many years later, I would end up getting a job there. Oh, great. In their uh, teleservices department. Teleservices. Which is basically okay. their fundraising and ticket sales uh, for the company because ACT, you know, is a nonprofit organization. Okay. So uh, they make money by donations and by their ticket sales. And tuition, I guess, right? Or... Their, their yeah, but that's more their yeah. that's more the conservatory side. But the theater itself uh, is a nonprofit, so they uh, they only make money through donations and mm. ticket sales. Mm. And you know their ticket sales are low because they're a nonprofit. Well, me getting a job there, starting off as selling tickets to the upcoming shows, I was horrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always took it personally when people hung up on me. And stuff so you're like cold that. calling for for the guys who just start as the beginners they get you get to do the cold calling as opposed to not really cold calling you're calling people who've actually went to the theater like they bought a ticket oh. but they don't have season tickets yeah, so you want to yeah. call them and see if they want to buy season tickets to the upcoming season or like a or like a package like a foreplay or something like that yeah i've I, I've, I've received that call before because i i've been to an act play i actually saw a christmas carol uh uh because my, I took one class, uh, Shakespeare for Actors, or yeah, some Shakespeare, and uh, it's Dominique Lozano. Oh, Dominique, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, her. Dominique, yeah, yeah. I so took she, a class with her before. She direct, yeah, and she's been directing Christmas Carol a couple times, like yeah. So, that was a pretty dope class. I I realized. I learned a lot, and also I realized, like, yeah, Shakespeare's no joke. You can't fuck around with Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, she's a good teacher, too. She's a good teacher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, but anyway, so, how, dude, okay, so you're doing teleservices, and then... So I'm doing teleservices, and I uh, despise it, because I'm horrible at it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, so yeah. I don't even know how long I'm going to last at this job. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, because I'm an employee of ACT, I was... At that time, they allowed their employees to take classes at their um, evening courses. Oh, comp? Or comp, yeah. Wow. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, yeah. okay. So I started to get classes in the evenings, taking acting classes in the evenings while I'm studying science during the day in the university. Okay. And I would work at night and find time to take classes here and there because they, they allow me to take classes. And ah. because it's a top acting program, I always got to, the, the, the training I got, you know, was, was great. And, yeah. um, I didn't have to go through the crazy process of getting into the classes. Uh, the, like the audition process or, yeah. Yeah. But this is the night courses. So they didn't really require auditions. Uh, because it's for like people who are working or, right. um, you know, it's not their MFA program because okay, they have yeah. a master's program there. Uh, yeah. I didn't do their master's program, but I did do their summer training congress. Uh, 
which is a 10 week at that time it was a 10 week summer intensive eight to five every day mm. for for 10 weeks so mm. we would study you know voice speech acting stage combat shakespeare dance improv um and a bunch of other uh courses within that 10 weeks do you know that there's, there's a stage combat guy i know uh What's his name? Guy or something like that? Or uh, he, he's based in San Francisco. But anyway, so uh, for that, so you did the 10 week course. So you, you start taking classes at ACT. You really liked it. And then you're like, oh, 10 week course. I'm down. You yep. take that. Okay. Now, during this whole time, let me backtrack a little bit. You saw the that first love, that spark for acting was way before ACT though. Way before ACT. Was there a specific, was it Christmas Carol that made that spark you think or? Christmas Carol was the start of it. Okay. I mean it's definitely the love of the movies uh, oh. that I started watching as a kid and my parents would take me to see you know movies in the theater and I fell mm. in love with a lot of the the films and that's when I really thought about acting. Mm. And when you start doing that for that first year as a film major, like, oh, actually I actually want to be more in front of the camera. Correct. Ah, okay. So cool. So like, walk us through. So how was the 10 year, 10 week program? Pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, the 10 week program was great because you're immersed in the craft eight to five every day for, mm. for five days a week for 10 weeks. Yeah. And so being in that environment, you really, um, get a mini course in being in a, two-year three-year master program sure because you're really just immersed in it every day mm. and it really um, helps you find this artistic side and to use all your whole body for this craft in, in every aspect mm. um, because in high school I didn't take any acting classes most of the drama classes in high school public school at that time they either dropped the drama department and didn't have any uh, because San Francisco public uh, public schools didn't couldn't afford it uh, um, and then I started by, acting high school actually yeah I, I, there wasn't like a draw acting class I had to take oh, but I, I gravitate towards like oh I want to get in the play but then it's like if there's no real acting class then how do you yeah anyways yeah and then by the time I transferred into George Washington High they did have a, a good drama department but by then, uh, it was too late because people who've been there for four years have been, you know, built a repertoire with the teacher and oh. they're already in their shows and everything like that. And, yeah. And there was no way for me to get in. Plus, you know, growing up in the city, you're, I tend to be more street smarts and I played a lot of sports and stuff with friends. and stuff, <laughs> So I didn't really do a lot of uh, acting per se back in the high school days. Oh. But even though I knew that it was something in the back of my mind, something that I had a passion for and that I didn't know where or how it was going to happen. And somehow I got very lucky to get a job at ACT and mm. to actually get some training there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. So you grad, so you graduated the 10 week program or you, you do the 10 week program, you graduate college, uh, and then, did were you acting also during college? As far as like, get, are you? Did you book any shows, theater, or did you take a break after college? Like, no, I, I never took a break. I didn't start auditioning for 
shows until I think after college. I did take a, one acting class in college with a really great teacher. Um, I was very lucky. She 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 came from Colombia. Uh, she studied with Anne Bogart, hmm. and I had no idea because I had taken classes at ACT already, and I had a buddy who was, who needed to take an elective, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take an acting class, and uh, you want to take it with me?" And I'm like, "What? Take an acting class at State?" And then he's like, "Yeah," and I was like. And I had a break during that time, so yeah. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Next thing I know, it was one of the best acting teachers I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, and she was really great, and I learned a lot from her. What's her name? Uh, Mary Coleman. Mary Coleman, okay. Yeah, she's great. She's actually a very high executive at Pixar now. Oh, wow. But I lost touch with her, but uh, I see her name on the credits. And right. It's, <laughs> it's up there next to John Lasseter. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. But she's very talented, very, very, very good at what she does. I mean, she's the first acting teacher who really called me out on the work that I did. Ah. Uh, and it blew me away. You know, I did, a, like... I did a scene that was um uh from true west the sam shepherd play okay and i did the scene i did my homework everyone thought it was great she thought it was great but there was one line in that scene that i had no clue what i was saying yeah but i said it anyways okay and after i did the scene she's like great job and she goes oh by the way why did you say that line? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you are so good. You like spot on, like knew right away that I was bullshitting on that line. And, right. And, uh, and I had no clue what I was saying. And she, she, uh, she called me out on it and yeah. blew me away. I mean, only good acting uh, teachers can spot that. Dead yeah. On. Because the intention's not there, right? The intention is not there. You're just not specific enough, and yeah. that's why. Like I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what I was saying, so I wasn't mm. specific enough. But she was able to catch that, and uh, I learned a lot from it. Uh, mm. From then on, you know. I want to circle back to this idea of intention, but um, so like okay, so after you take that class with Mary Coleman. And then you, did you start acting then, or you, you're looking? You try to make money first. Well, it's not that. I mean, I was I already started working before I graduated. Okay, I was yeah, yeah. already uh, working for a biotech company down in Mountain View. Okay. Uh, just starting out, trying to get my uh, you know foot in the door, getting sure. experience, and uh, before I uh, start looking for a permanent full time job. Yeah. Um, at that time, biotech was pretty new, so yeah, there were uh, smaller companies starting up, but um, so getting in the front, getting in the door with no experiences was the tricky part. So. Yeah, and this is all pre like Facebook, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> pre LinkedIn, pre LinkedIn, pre all that uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I started working uh, in the biotech, and then I uh, I didn't start auditioning yet because I didn't feel I was ready. Really? Yeah, I didn't feel I was ready yet. Um, it was funny because Mary Coleman was directing a show at, at State, and she uh, she taught me another lesson, a really, uh, really good lesson that I'll never forget. Um, she asked me to audition for her show. 
uh, I think it was the good person of Szechuan. And she held auditions and I didn't show up. <gasps> I didn't make an appointment, but I just never auditioned for it. You didn't it. even think about it. Or... I didn't think about it. I just felt I wasn't ready. Oh, you didn't think you were ready. Okay, okay. Right? So I didn't go and audition. She, she asked me to audition and I didn't, <gasps> right? How dare you? <laughs> well, that's where I learned my lesson. The next day, you know, class, class, uh, class, uh, class starts and she calls me over and she goes, Hey, you didn't come in the audition for my show. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I didn't think I was ready. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson right now and don't ever forget it. She goes, if a director ever asks you to audition, you audition. <laughs> mm. So I think she wanted to cast me, but she couldn't if I don't audition. Oh, damn. So I learned my lesson there. Yeah, and yeah. Anytime a director has asked me to audition, I would audition right. for a show because that's you the never, lesson I learned. You, yeah. ne you never know. And even though I wasn't ready, she she thought I was ready and she knew I was ready. But because I wasn't, I didn't think I was ready. Well, when are you ever really ready, I guess? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I was still starting out. Yeah, I felt, yeah. you know, I felt green. Uh-huh. Um, and... Yeah, I just didn't want to take the leap yet. Yeah. Right? Just taking classes and not knowing if I want to do an actual show. Do you ever wonder what if you, you audition or you like, no, that was a good lesson learned? Or... Well, it was a good lesson I learned. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would, it would have probably been nice to do a show, but it was okay. That's yeah. what happens sometimes. That's where you learn your lessons and stuff. But, you know, I was lucky uh, when I did the Summer Training Congress, we did a full play in there. So... Uh, for the end of our project uh -huh. and my main acting teacher was Sharon Omi who's also an Asian actress from LA Omi, and, okay. and at that time her husband Ken Narasaki was also uh, teaching a world theater class uh, mm. during the summer training congress they put us uh, they put me in the class with her so it gave me a good connection with the LA Asian uh, family before I even moved down here wow because they were actually from L.A. And uh, Ken used to do shows at AATC. He, he did, like, shows for, you know, uh, Philip Kankotanda and stuff like that. David yeah. Henry Huang, all those uh, early playwrights, playwrights back then. Yeah. And they were now pretty big time. Cool. So, yeah. The first play I ever did was the play in that program, which was The Rhymers of Eldridge, uh, Lanford Wilson play. Is this AAT? This is Asian American theater. No, this company. is this is a, a, a ACT for the summer oh, training. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So that's your first. So that's the that's the first uh, play where you felt like, oh, maybe I'm ready. You auditioned for it. I didn't. Well, I didn't audition for it because I was it's part of the acting part of the program. Acting. So, yeah, yeah. but it was a full length play. Yeah. And we did the whole production. Like other classes would do scenes. Yeah. But we decided to do the whole play. Damn. How was that? It was good. It was good. I had to play an eighty year old. Um, 80-year-old hermit, <laughs> and it was an intense play. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's a, it's a good play. It's a good play, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lanford yeah. Wilson, The Rhymers of Eldridge. Big cast, but yeah, pretty intense. Cool, so then um, take, so I kind of want to just, before I circle back to some of the topics we hit, I kind of want to get like a, you know, basic timeline up to where we're at now, living in L.A., doing the auditioning up you know doing the actor's life slash work life in la so after act uh you, you do that mary coleman class 
So when do you start, or did you find a job? So you've been working already. Yeah, right? I've been I mean, working was, ever since then. Yeah, uh, I mean, I never, fine. I never stopped working uh, while I was um, in college till yeah. till now, right? I mean, yeah. I was doing biotech and taking and working at ACT. I had two jobs at the time. Damn. So, so I would drive to Mountain View, uh, work at a biotech. Yeah. Go back in the evening, work at ACT. Work at ACT on the weekend. So I was working seven days a week, Jeez. two jobs. Uh, I know, it was crazy. I couldn't believe I did it. But uh, you love acting, right? So. But I loved acting, and but I didn't love that job. <laughs> but, but the funny thing about that job was, you remember I was telling you how much I hated it, yeah, but the, the manager at the time yeah. noticed that I was terrible at it, and yeah. he decided to uh, give me a chance and work on the clerical side of things, doing like, you know, paperwork and stuff like that yeah. as opposed to being on the phone and calling which i hate it i ended up being assistant manager to that department oh, wow. after that yeah it was it was so weird so that's why i was able to stay at act for six years and actually get classes there and oh. did the summer training congress for and watch all the shows i got to see all the shows you know i saw a lot of great uh, performances Huh. there at act you know all for free at that so that's time. your your training center basically huh? that's yeah that's definitely my, the heart of my training center that's why i got the certificate right up there oh nice i see it yeah yeah dan you can't see it, but there's a certificate in the back here yeah yeah <laughs> um from act act yeah cool i mean dan have you heard of act yeah i um my wife uh, she's really big in, into act i think she she got into acting there, and she there's like a, a very famous professor, or famous actor, stage actor from ACT who she works with now. Oh, nice, cool. So, um, yeah, Dan's wife is is uh, is uh, prominent in the acting slash acting education scene. Right oh, now. great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asian American, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we can't say her name. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. Uh, uh, anyways, moving forward. So ACT, um, uh, do you like biotech? Because you've been working biotech since since then. Oh, you're like, oh, you don't want to go on record. <laughs> well, I'll just say biotech helps me pay the bills, survive, and uh, pay the bills, and gives me the opportunity to practice my craft. It's your sponsor. Exactly. Yeah. That's something I've been kind of coming to because I just got a recent, you know, I just got a full-time job recently. And it, it's been, because before the full-time, like, Dan, I was talk, talking to you about this, but, but, you know, I had more time, but I was like, I felt like less focused because I was anxious about money, uh, when's my next paycheck. I was trying to do, like, maybe acting gigs, but those are like, you know, when you never know when the next paycheck's coming and you might have to eat. You know not that much for a little bit so uh i was so now now my evenings i have i i once i leave work i'm like okay now i gotta you know what do i need to read what do i need to write what do i need to edit you know stuff like that so i'm a little bit more focused now still i procrastinate here and there but i'm a little bit more focused and i'm a little bit less anxious about certain things you know though i did like drop a lot of money on like a used car recently but um, so, okay, so one way I've been able to, like, kind of, like, keep focused and try to, you know, learn from my work as well. I do, like, kind of social media stuff. So, I've been learning some skills at work, but, yeah, the one way, one way I can enjoy my time at work and outside of work is that 
oh, I see this as a sponsor for my creative process, I guess. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and I think, you know, everybody's path is different. Yeah. And for me, I think I needed that stability in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to be a starving actor or a starving artist mm. uh, necessarily. I mean, you can have multiple types of careers that you want. I mean, they always say, oh, you got to be a starving actor. But I've seen a lot of people who are starving artists and it's tough. It's yeah. really tough. And, and sometimes people don't make it which is unfortunate yeah uh and you know they work hard but you know it's just not there and then there's people who do the art because they love it and you know can make a career out of it which is great yeah right and there's theater actors that, that survive and and do their thing for me uh, i felt fortunate that i have the science background and a little bit of balance in my life to do the art and to mm. do the the science of course the art hasn't you know helped me pay the bills or anything but you know i'm thankful for the, all the experiences i've had like i did a lot of theater in the bay area okay. i did shows at marin shakespeare company i did shows at the willows theater company i did nice. shows in the city um i did shows in berkeley uh you know and and they all brought me to where I am now, right? I mean, I was equity membership candidate for a long time. I gained my points in uh, being working in equity houses. I finally joined Actors Equity Association. Yeah. Uh, I joined the Screen Actors Guild when I was in San Francisco. I, I did uh, some independent films and also industrials, which helped me get my SAG card before I moved down to L.A. Mm -hmm. And those were my goals before... I wanted to move to LA was to, you know, be a member of SAG, be a member of equity. Um, and just know that I, I don't need to worry about that aspect of it when I move to LA because everybody and their mother moves down to LA and wants to join SAG and get their uh, vouchers or whatnot. I'm lucky I didn't have to get that. that. I've already, yeah, knew what I needed to do before I moved down uh, or what my goal was before I moved down to LA. Gotcha. Right. And that was my goal while I was working in the biotech industry, getting those experiences, getting those type of points or training and goals. Like I never thought I was going to get my SAG card up there. I don't do background work very often and yeah. I didn't expect to, um, and I didn't want to get it through background. I actually wanted to get it through uh, just acting. So okay. I actually booked a, an industrial uh, that at that time, yeah. which got me to join the Screen Actors Guild okay. at that time. So, you know, yeah, I was... In the Bay Area, no less. Yeah. In the Bay Area, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was what people told me. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard yeah. just to get that... Uh, coveted sidecar i mean you know it's not a big deal it's better not to rush to get it because mm. you know once you're once you're union you technically can't work uh non-union non yeah, right? yeah yeah so um but you know i did a lot of independent films before i got my sidecar and you saw a few of them yeah yeah some stuff i don't publish because they're not <laughs> very good um, but you know they're they, they gave me the experience i got to work with good people i've yeah. been very lucky uh, with that okay. um, so the to trace a basic outline is basically you were working in biotech in the Bay Area you start acting in theater first I guess right yeah more and then you from there you branched out to short films and got your you got your equity sad car like and then 
what made you decide to come to LA then? Well, I always wanted like you were doing okay in the Bay. Like as far as Bay Area works, it sounds like you're doing pretty well. A lot of people have a hard time getting a SAG card in the Bay because everyone's doing like you know, uh, what's what's in the Bay Area like you know, commercials, commercials or like it seems a little bit tougher to get those cards or get those points. I guess, but. Yeah, I mean, for SAG, there's no points, but for equity, there uh, there is, right? Okay, like, okay. there's weeks. Like, you have to work 50 weeks in an equity house okay. to qualify to join Actors' Equity Association. Uh, so I had to work in a show that provided me enough weeks to to gain my uh, equity card. And it doesn't have to be consecutive, right? Yeah. Like, I would work... Because uh, I, I did shows at Marin Shakes, and I did I actually did two shows at Marin Shakespeare Company. Okay. I did uh, Midsummer Night's Dream and uh, Mary Wise of Windsor. Oh, wow. And it was an outdoor amphitheater. You work out, you know, Shakespeare in the summer. Yeah. Uh, it's a great theater company, um, and uh, they do great work there. And it was fun, and that's how I got my equity card, through them mainly. I did a show at The Willows, which was a world premiere musical at that time. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, and I got... Uh, uh, I got points through there, and also another show I did there called Tea House of the August Moon. Okay. Yeah, which is a, uh, which was an interesting play, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, so I finally got my side card. I finally got my equity card. Okay. And my goal was to get those before I moved to LA. Okay. So you uh, get them. I get them, so and get them, yeah. I don't go to LA just yet. Uh. You know, because I'm working a full time job. It. You know, it pays well, it yeah. has good benefits, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but there came a point uh, for me where I started getting burnt out with the job. Uh, what were you doing exactly? Like quality assurance or something like that? Uh, I was doing yeah, QA validation type okay. work. So In was bio? Biotech. Biotech, yeah. okay. And so I was getting a little burnt out yeah. and I felt like it was time for me to make a change because, you know, I, I pretty much grew up in San Francisco, went to yeah. school there, worked in the Bay Area mm. all my life, did a lot of shows there. All my actor friends uh, in San Francisco, most of them had moved down to L.A. Okay. Before me, right? Right, right, right. And um, I don't know. It was just, I just felt it was time to make this change. It was, it was, it was scary for me because, you know, we, you, you're, you live in a city for all your life and you grew up there. Yeah. And, and to quit my job... Uh, was even scarier because wow. there, there's my stability and um, income and health benefits and all that stuff. But uh, I decided I had to do it. I mm. mean, you know, I'm not getting any younger, as you can see. Uh, <laughs> and, well, I decided to just bite the bullet and go down and pack my stuff and uh, without a job set up just, without a job wow. set up uh actually the driving force was a actor friend of mine who was in la at the time and his roommate was moving out and he was like hey i know you've been wanting to move down yeah i got a, a an apartment two bedroom two bath apartment? no not this uh, one uh, it was down one. in the west hollywood area okay and um and that was the driving force actually because he's the one that kind of like said hey you know you don't have to look for a place there's a place available if you're interested i know you've been wanting to move down and i said all right i think that's that's a sign that's a sign for yeah. me to you know since i don't have to worry about looking for a place yada 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 um so i quit my job damn okay with nothing and i drive down 
and I move in <laughs> uh, with my my old friend uh, who became my roommate for a year until uh, the place got uh, renovated and they kicked us out. <laughs> oh, but I'm glad I did it. You know, I, I'm glad I took that leap of faith and, you know, I wouldn't have uh, had a lot of the great experiences I did these last three years here, you know. I mean, how how was it first moving down? Was it getting, was it kind of, Dan, did you have any questions? Sorry, I'm kind of taking over, but yeah. I was just curious to see if, if uh, he's working in biotech down here now. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Well... For a year, I didn't. I was I was looking for an agent. I got an, a theatrical agent. I got a commercial agent. I was auditioning. I would audition for everything. I would work. Uh, uh, would work anyway to make some extra money. Yeah. Like you know, I did some background. I did some game shows. I did some uh, 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 audience work. Okay. Um, you did like the central casting thing, I guess, right? Yeah. Central casting, not really. Not they really, they didn't okay. really call me much central casting, but really? once in a while, I would I would get something through central. Okay. Just auditions through Actors Access and uh, student films and uh, whatnot. Um, but it, it was a humbling experience, you know, when you're standing in line to make nine dollars an hour in cash <laughs> uh, to see Bill Maher. And and you see these people in line with you, and this is their livelihood. Yeah. You know? This is what they do. They do whatever they need to do to survive. Mm. You know. And I talk to them, and and it, it's very humbling. And I saw I saw that. Wow. You know, there's a lot of people here that are struggling. And, yeah. And 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 they do what they need to do to uh, survive. Because the I, supply is so high here, right? Of actors, like we were joking, like oh. If we like throw a rock out, if we throw like a, a rock out the window, we might hit an actor. Actually, you know, it's it's L.A., right? Exactly. I mean, they say every month thirty thousand act people come here to act mm. every month. You know, so Dan, do you hear that? Thirty thousand people input of supply. Of <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this number is accurate, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's the rumor, right? And I'm sure another thirty thousand is leaving at the same time because it's Maybe. a it's a tough yeah. town, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they say if you if you can last here a year then you know you're doing okay and stuff right. like that um i i did go back to biotech as a contractor uh, as a consultant uh, after a year of like after a year and i kept in touch with my biotech uh uh connections yeah and there happened to be a position available as a contractor over at uh, biotech and um and I took it because uh, it uh, gave me an opportunity to also make money again, like yeah. I did in San Francisco, and also to continue doing my acting. So yeah. I was able to take continue my education in acting here. You know, taking, oh, you're taking classes, taking okay, classes and, and stuff like that. And uh, um, it was nice to have a, a regular income again. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it, it makes a big deal, and I, you know, I I look back at the first year here, and I go, you know, it's it's it was tough, and I learned a lot, but you know, I I think in my life I need that stability, stability. and I'm thankful for it because you know uh, I wouldn't have health the health benefits I I All had right. for uh, my recent uh, 
accident. Dan, you can't you can't see this, but uh, George, uh, we're we're here at George's place, and George's right leg is in a cast. He, oh. yeah, he got hit by a, a vehicle not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, January third, actually, I was walking uh, home. Yeah. And uh, and a car uh, made a left turn into a parking lot. And he didn't see me, and he hit the gas, and he plowed into me, uh, <sighs> broke my, dislocated and broke my ankle in two parts. Both my tibia and fibula broke. Oh. Uh, I landed on top of his car, bruised my ribs, and then I fell down and slightly dislocated my shoulder and tore some muscles. And that was January 3rd. Oh, gosh. So it's been two months, two months. now, and I'm in a cast and... Uh, after surgery on February 7th, I had like, I was in the operating room for like four times uh, with this thing. Yeah. And the final surgery, hopefully that's the final surgery, uh, was on February 7th. So right now I'm trying to uh, wait for it to heal and hopefully I can get back on my feet and start putting weight on and building uh -huh. my muscles again uh, once this uh, three weeks are up. But it's been a rough... Rough, uh, rough 2018, I guess. Rough right? 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Starting out, you know, I was going to take a trip to Burma with some friends. And, oh, man. Um, that's canceled now. And, yeah, I mean, but I'm thankful for still being alive. Thankful yes. for being here, uh, yeah, talking to you guys. I'm thankful for that, too, yeah. And uh, it could have been a lot worse, so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, life is short, so I'm glad I'm here i'm glad i did the acting thing uh, where i go from here i don't know <laughs> the how was the acting in la have you done shorts here have you done theater here or it's been kind of slow coming so far it's a little slow uh, coming for me i've been auditioning i did do a couple uh, independent short films okay that never went anywhere <laughs> it happens yeah. it happens um but, you know, the experience was good. I, you know, my agents send me out on auditions here and there, and I'm thankful for that. I have an agent in New Orleans also, so I oh, was wow. putting myself on tape for productions out in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've learned a lot uh, as an actor uh, these past three years mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough industry, and I think that uh, the Asian acting community world is getting better you know yeah. there's obviously a lot more that we see on tv and film yeah and you know for me uh, i'm not sure where i fit in but uh you know i take it day by day and just being thankful for where i'm at yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens in the, the future yeah dan did you have a follow-up to that yeah, when you were working as a contract for a biotech, how did you get to auditions if they were in the daytime? Ah, there's a rub. <laughs> uh, well, you know, being a contractor, it's fairly flexible. Mm. And, you know, I work hourly. So if there are times when I have a audition the next morning, I would uh, just let my uh, employers know that I'll be coming in a little late and covering those hours and the in the evening or um, if I book a gig then I would have to uh, discuss with them but 
the good thing about the contracting company that I work for, they know about my acting. Okay. And uh, they fully support my uh, my career in acting. Oh, good. So that's the nice thing about that. Um, they, as opposed to when I was in San Francisco, I kind of like kept it on the down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little different here, especially being a contractor as opposed to a full-time employee. Mm. So what I'm, yeah, and that's something I'm kind of doing now. Like I'm a contractor as well, but, and then I have this, I have a commitment next, uh, next week for like this, you know, focus group shoot or whatever. And I'm like. Yeah, I guess I gotta I gotta let them, let them know, you know, hey, this thing came up, and I think it should be fine. They they seem pretty cool where I'm working now, but uh, some things I want to circle back to uh, is, well, okay, so we talked about you know how that Mary Coleman she caught you like that line you had no intention, right? And this is something Dan and I've been talking about a lot. Is you have you done you've done Wing Chun, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Dan, George, uh, wait, how long have you been doing Wing Chun for? Or? It was on and off. Not, on and off, not, okay. Yeah. But they talk about something about acting with intention or doing um, martial arts with intention, right? The Where you can do the forms. Um, and I think, there is a, I think there's a crossover with acting. I think even with, like, watching Bruce Lee, I felt that he was a, he was a strong actor. There's some, some uh, of his moments seemed like very, oh, wow, he's got a lot of power in this moment. You know, I think there is some crossover of acting in the sense that when you do forms, like, you can kind of tell when a person has, like, they have no idea what this move means. <laughs> it's like this fancy move, and they do it, and they're like, what the fuck is this person, is, what is this, is this guy dancing, or is this actual, like, a martial arts or something, right? right. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and, but, but if the person is doing it, like, with intention, you're like, oh, damn. I don't want. I don't want to mess with this fool. <laughs> yeah, and they understand what that movement is for and why they're doing it, as opposed to just doing the motions, right? Right, right. The, Dan, would you agree with that? Like, there's a there's a connection. Yeah, yeah. definitely is. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. How long have you been doing Wing Chun, and how did you start in San Francisco? Well, actually, I did a bunch of different martial arts uh, in San Francisco. I started doing uh, Northern style uh, kung fu. And then did some Shaolin and then some Chen style Tai Chi. Uh, and then Wing Chun came because a buddy of mine was uh, was doing Wing Chun. And he would train privately at this guy's uh, garage in uh, Vallejo. So, That's um, far. Yeah, it was far, but he would pick me up. So I was like, okay, you pick me up, I'll go. And then, <laughs> so I would... Uh, he would pick me up because I used to work in Novato, so I had to cross the Golden Gate Bridge uh, every day. Oh, dang. Um, and he would pick me up and drive to Vallejo, and we would uh, practice Wing Chun in this guy's garage. And he was really good. You know, he, he, he studied under, I forgot who he studied under, but it was, a, you know, it was the lineage was Leong, Leong something. Leong, okay. Yeah. But he, you know, he's like, lineage of Iman and all that stuff but, okay yeah um, oh that guy isn't didn't he get busted for like uh he has like a bunch of kids for like different women i'm not sure what i'm not sure about that yeah. there's a, a wing chun guy from the Iman lineage in hong kong i think it's like learn learn ting no i think it was learn shung i think was the guy that uh, uh as one of the 
it was a famous Wing Chun guy. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Maybe. He might be in prison for something <laughs> else. Well, I think this this guy is... I don't think he's around anymore. Uh, but, uh... Oh. Yeah. He passed, or...? I think so. Okay. But, I don't know. Okay, we could look it up. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, he did Wing Chun and some Tai Chi. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was kind of a private thing. You know, it's not, like, officially, you know, a school that I went to or anything like, like that. Or yeah, yeah, it was just me and three other guys and we're just Dude, in the I think garage that's, and that's some of the best learning i don't know I've, I've done that before dan have you done that before guys in the garage just learning no there's a guy <laughs> who does wing chun like that in alhambra or he did for a while and he opened a school finally oh cool oh really gary lamb oh gary lamb yeah i heard about him okay yeah. i was thinking of taking his class that's cool he's very expensive right here oh is it I'm yeah, trying to find. I was trying to find another teacher in the garage, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> well, he was doing that in his backyard for a long time, and he finally opened a school in downtown Alhambra or something like that. Oh, nice! But I, I've come across some of his students, and and they tell me he charges an arm and a leg. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me. It's hard to find a good martial arts teacher because a lot of them are like so commercialized now, and. And I don't know. I'm just not into the commercialized uh, martial arts yeah. teachers. Uh, you know what's um very common in LA these days are a lot of Shaolin schools popping up. Yeah. Oh really? Or, yeah. There's one in um. There's one in Chinatown. It's like Shaolin USA yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah. A, a monk doing it. Oh okay. Really. I mean. Yeah. That's cool. As far as you know, LA is the place of show business, right? And then. What's cooler than a monk, I guess, or like Shaolin has a you know a very prestigious name, so maybe it's good. I don't know. Uh, I was on a shoot actually recently, and I, I talked to a guy who's trained Shaolin in China, and uh, I asked him about Chinese martial arts, and he's like really he he, he you know he did the Shaolin, he did some he did some Shaolin and wushu, and uh, but now he's all about Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Wow. And I, I asked him about it, he's like dude like. Most of those guys don't know how to fight, like real talk. And he's trained, you know, with some of those guys, right? But, uh, like real talk, uh, it depends on what your intention is, your focus is, right? Some of that is for performance aspect. You know? Oh, yeah. Especially, like, if you're doing uh, stunts in film and stuff like that, those things, those wushu, wushu skills, yeah. it's like more like acrobatics. Or Dan was telling me earlier, uh, like, it's like more gymnastics, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... It's true, it's beautiful. It's I mean, beautiful. those movements are beautiful. And I, mean, I have the... much respect for it. Exactly. And I'm sure those guys can still, like, beat up, you know, most people who are not physically fit. But as far as straight to the point, street fighting, you know, that's a different, it's a different animal, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But anyway, so that's my martial arts tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you, you have a follow-up? No, I... I... I agree. I mean, it's just very hard to find a school that's not commercialized. But I think you're you're more likely to find a legitimate school in San Francisco than you are in LA these days. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other it's thing is just my thoughts. You saw, we saw a few of your short films. Um, one we can talk about is, I guess, Box of Hearts, right? That's one of the more recent films, short films that you did. Yeah, one of the more recent ones, directed by Asako. Okay. Ashio. When was uh, when did you guys uh, shoot that? Actually, it was a while ago. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, uh, it was in two thousand nine that we shot it. Oh wow! Okay, maybe. Yeah. So it's been a bit, actually. It's yeah. Been a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So how did you get involved with that? Do you guys still have to keep in touch or? Yeah, she's the director is still in uh, in LA. Okay. Uh, she does more editing now than she does uh, filmmaking. Uh, I got I got into that film because of uh, Victor Young actually. Victor Young was at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. Okay, so for you guys who don't know, Victor Young was another short film that George did. Yeah. And uh, when Victor Young was being screened at uh, LA Asian, yeah. Uh, as you know, Rich Wong was our DP, and his friend Asako was there at the screening, uh-huh. and I met her. Uh, in LA and at that time I was still living in San Francisco so I met her in LA and she saw my performance in Victor Young and we kept in touch and she wanted me to be in her film and she actually flew me down from San Francisco to shoot Box of Hearts wow Uh, you know I was flattered because you know there's so many actors in LA that uh, she could have had anybody but she actually flew me down Mm. put me up we shot for the weekend and uh, the rest is history, but um, it, it was a nice, nice gesture on her part to you know see me in that role for for the the father. How how was the shooting experience? It was great. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, working with Rich is is an amazing experience. Rich, he's, shout out to Rich Wong. Um, he's a semi. Yeah, I guess he's famous DP now, or yeah. Well, he's a you know, well-known cinematographer. He DP'd for Wayne the... Wang. He did a couple okay. of Wayne Wang's films. Wayne, yeah, yeah. Um, he's done a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. Good friends with uh, one of our other guests, Sang Chen. Yeah. Very Who good friends with Sang. Yeah. Well, Sang helped with Victor Young and... Uh, uh, maybe not Box of Hearts. But Victor Young, he definitely helped Dan, out. Dan, did you notice in Victor Yang, the short... Um, did you see Sang? No. He was he was the uh, crazy guy on the street. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was the crazy guy yelling in the street. I was like, to, that into guy the was bar. familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So like for the so that was like your connection with the, I guess the L.A. Well, you've you've had some friends of L.A. Asian American scene, but here and there. But yeah, so. Do you still keep in touch with Rich or any of those guys? Or uh, yeah, I still keep in touch with Rich every once in a while. Just you know, message him online and stuff like that. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he's busy. He's shooting all kinds he's of different things now. and stuff. And he has a family right now. So speaking of which, I do kind of want to talk about. So Dan, uh, yeah. George was in the hospital for a bit, and he had some. Do you want to talk about your visitors? <laughs> no. Well, anyways, I visited in the hospital, and some of those like. Uh, Dude, those some of those environments, are like, it must be tough, man. Like trying to like day in day out, um, but I think it's good to have visitors, especially like. I mean, I personally haven't. Luckily, knock on wood, I haven't had. I've been in the hospital when I was a kid, like when I fell from a tree. But, but having family there or having some friends visiting, it's it makes a huge difference, right? It definitely makes a huge difference, and I'm thankful for. All the friends that I've made in LA and who've come by and supported me during this uh, this rough time. I mean, yeah. I don't have any family down here in LA, um, so it was uh, it was rough. But uh, you know, I'm thankful for all the friends I've made and who've come so to support me and help me out during uh, my time of uh, need. Yeah, and I appreciate that yeah. from the bottom of my heart from everybody 
to just coming by to say hi or to someone bringing me food or fruit or coming by you know multiple mm. times you've come by multiple times and i appreciate uh i appreciate that mm. uh, truly and you know it makes a big difference in helping me cope with the situation and and the healing process because it's a it's a tough environment you know being in a hospital and then being in a nursing facility and uh, feeling helpless mm. you know i mean i can't do anything on my own while i was in those places and, yeah and uh, it was really tough just not having anyone around yeah. uh, family wise and stuff like that so it helped anytime somebody came in it definitely uh helped me with my soul and my healing yeah um and those are true emotions you know and and in my acting stuff you, you just acting is about truth and yeah and being truthful and i know that i can draw on those experiences uh for my for my craft mm. and also knowing that um there's good people in this world yeah i mean were you surprised by like some of the the support of like who came to visit or like uh would you say there's a lot of support in the Asian American acting community or acting community in general? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends that came by are in the Asian acting community world. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, including Robert Wu, who was, who was in. Um, oh, uh, uh, bad bad guys yeah, with me, okay. uh, and you know a few other uh, Asian actors like Raymond Ma and a few other people that are oh, cool. close to me. We'll um, leave some of the links to these short films and uh, the ones, well, the ones that George can share. We'll leave in the in the comments below, <laughs> in the text in the in the show notes. And if anyone wants to see something, they can contact me too. Right, they can contact George, uh, George at his email. Which are you okay sharing that or? Um, yeah, geogenes at yahoo.com. Okay, cool. Or you can also email us at yin young, yin young podcast at gmail.com. Uh, for any like requests and thoughts, uh, if you love us, hate us, whatnot. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's see. Dan, did you have any thoughts on the shorts that we watched? No, not yeah. not right now. I okay. mean, yeah. We did some research on you before we we. Um, <laughs> really. I did, did want to say for bad guys, it's a like a long short, man. How dare Roy? How, like it's like thirty minutes. That was shot on 35mm black and white. Wow. To be honest, even though it's long, it's like probably one of my favorite, like, uh, of your, yeah, it's one. It I was like a it. really great cinematographer, that. And that, that video doesn't do it justice no, because when it was like, on, yeah. when it was on film, yeah. it was beautiful. It's like beautiful. the cinematography was with a Russian camera and he <laughs> knew his lighting. That DP was good. Yeah, dude, it looks I could tell, like, it's like, dude, this could look a lot better if the, the you know, the quality, you know, because it's on, the one on Vmail you have is... It's been transferred so many times. Oh, my god, That's why it looks like crap. Yeah. But, but the actual film, when it was screened at the film festivals, yeah. looked amazing. Oh, my gosh. Because that was back in the day. That was, like, 2001. One. Dang. <laughs> dude, and then one of our homies, Fio Chin, one of our other guests is in it. I mean, how was it acting with Phil? <laughs> did you know him at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, Phil's great. I yeah. mean, he also did the Summer Training Congress, but I think oh. the year before me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's from the Bay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Robert Wu, who was also in the film with me, who's done a lot of films recently. He was in Survivor's Remorse on Stars. He was in Ted. 
uh, and he's he was recently in a Verizon commercial that uh, just aired. Um, anyhow, survivors are more okay. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing really well. Uh, he, he did a lot of voice horror for Family Guy too. Nice. Um, great actor. Uh, That's a fun film. And he, a lot of physical comedy from you. Tell me, come here. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was. It was a tough shoot. Uh, Bad guys was, you know, hopping in that chair was no uh, was no joke. One uh, take, right? At that or, time, yeah, how yeah. How many takes? You, how many takes of that did you guys do? Mm, couple. Wow. It's a couple of takes, Damn. but because uh, um, everything was physical, I couldn't talk uh, right, or anything. Right. I had I was pretty much gagged up the whole time. She wait uh, so, yeah, that's ridiculous. Did you like? Did he actually have tape on you? Yeah. The whole time, I would think he would. Well. Take yeah, not with the bag over my head. Then yeah, I didn't yeah, have yeah. it uh, taped up, but uh, but I was pretty much tied up. And Just for like our that. listeners who don't have a chance to see that film, but uh, he George is basically gagged and tied up to a chair for ninety percent of the film. <laughs> well, I get kidnapped, right? And he gets and the, the film is about these Asian guys kidnapping this guy for for ransom, but they really aren't quote-unquote bad guys they're yeah, yeah. they they want to be bad guys but they're really not and and i think that's that's the joke of the film and ah. and you know so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the we'll leave we'll leave the ending for uh you know the homies the listeners okay um i'm gonna do a dan I, I had a quick section i wanted to try unless you had something else real quick or yeah no that's um, a new section i wanted do an Oscars section of the Oscars uh, movies of 2017. George and I watched the uh, the ceremony, um, which is whenever this gets released is probably months ago. <laughs> I'm I'm so bad at releasing these episodes, but I think we can still talk about the films. It won't be too dated. We can still talk about the films, and for months from now, it'd still be uh, relevant. I would think. Um, okay. So let's go down some of the Oscar. Okay, uh, Dan, what's what was one of your favorite Oscar films, uh, nominated films? For Best Picture or just in general? Um, let's start with in general. Yeah. In general. George, uh, I'll let Coco. Coco, yes. George, yeah. do you agree? I agree. Coco was one of my favorite films. I saw it three times uh, in the bald. theater. I, was, I, I could not control myself. I was actually watching it uh, today. <laughs> what? <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, Coco, uh, it's a beautiful film. I, and one thing my friend told me uh, is that, you know, or actually I read this online, China, it was it was going to get banned in China because in China, you, you know, uh, you're not supposed to have like supernatural um, stuff, right? Because it's uh, ghosts or the afterlife that's that's censored usually in China. But the 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 censor board was so touched by the film they just let they just pushed it through. Okay, quick thoughts about Coco, Dan. I just liked it. Really good, good story. Yeah, George. You oh yeah, you already shared that. Yeah, I mean, I think the family values from it are very. There's the strong Latino family values. They are very uh 
analogous to Asian American or Asian uh, values, I think. I agree. You know, I mean, for Vietnamese, when somebody passes away, we don't we don't have a day of the dead dead like the uh, uh, Latinos, but we do have a dinner or uh, event for the family on the day of the passing yeah and we 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 put food on the altar we oh. light incense yeah, yeah, on that day and we celebrate their life by mm. giving them the food that they enjoyed and and uh, sending it up to the the, the spirits for them right, on right. that day so it's a, it's a special day i mean the, we do something uh dan do you do this tomb sweeping day yeah it's in april yeah 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 funny thing about that i asked my dad about that and uh, he said it's. <laughs> he called it Easter for Chinese people. I was like, "There's a Chinese Jesus." <laughs> he didn't respond to that. He did not uh, respond to that. No, I don't think he got the joke. Is that when uh, you guys go to the cemetery, right? We we yeah. literally sweep the tombs. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or yeah. we clean them up. Yeah. Because you know, I grew up in San Francisco, so all my friends are Chinese American, and yeah, they yeah, yeah, always yeah. go to the cemetery on yeah. on that on that day or that. Qingming Jie, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so okay, George, a movie you can share. Okay, how about this a movie that you really liked or a movie you did not like that that aside from Coco from Oscars that you want to talk about? And I'll I'll go after you. Yeah. Well, I really like Three Billboards. Uh... Dan, did you see Three Billboards? Yes. Okay, you guys can talk about, it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I really like that that story. I thought you know the the characters were were fleshed out and the, the writing was really good um i also liked uh, i tanya oh uh, i really liked i tanya like dan you see i tanya that one i did not see okay yeah go ahead yeah i mean when i saw it i knew alice and jenny would win the uh, best uh, best supporting best supporting actress uh, mm -hmm. after seeing it I, I mean i called it out right after i saw it and, and I, it was uh, a given her yeah. bitchy mom uh, portrayal so good <laughs> so good it's like but it, it's like but the thing is it's layered too you know there's like at, at first it's like I'm kind of you know maybe she loves her maybe there's some love in there in like a fucked up way you know like but anyways um, okay but three billboards you would say was your favorite of the best picture nominations that would have been my pick really yeah Dan, was that your pick for the best picture nominations? That's a tough one. I guess, yeah, for for best picture, that was probably it. That one or Get Out? I I had Get Out. <laughs> I had not seen Three Billboards. It just doesn't appeal to me. Like, looking at the ads and, like, the trailer. I, you okay, should maybe, watch it. I'll, I'll give it. Dan, should I give it a shot, Three Billboards? Uh, you know what? If you if you want to watch um, acting, yeah. the the interplay between Sam, uh, Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell is really good. Okay, okay, all right. Um, okay, my movie I'll talk about. Um, I did not like The Shape of Water. Yeah. I know, I know. So I'm gonna get some haters for this, but George and I agree on this. We've talked about this extensively. Shape of Water. I just I couldn't get into it. I went on a date to see Shape of Water. And, you know, she's, like, she's kind of, like, into, like, I don't, you, you know, she's into, like, lovey-dovey stuff or, like, she's into, like, fan fantasy a little bit. But 
I mean, I think you can still be into those things, and I I think I like romantic comedies. I like some fantasy elements too, but I just I could not get into that film. I just thought it was too artificial for me. It was a little bit too calculated. Everything was too calculated. There was like no, you know this this you know they say in acting organic acting right or organic chemistry right. It's kind of like it just comes out of spontaneity. There's this feeling, even though it could be thoroughly rehearsed, there's a feeling of spontaneity, improv improvisation in it. But there's no feeling of that for me. It was just too pretty for me, and too. Everything seemed too calculated to me. I don't know. Did you guys have a, any different feelings or similar feelings, Dan? Uh, I, I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I like fantasy. You know, I like Guillermo del Toro. I really uh, loved Pan's Labyrinth, and unfortunately for me, for Shape of Water, I didn't. I couldn't believe that. A lady would fall for this fishman so easily, and you know, uh, and and mate with it. Oh god! And um, and then the the bad guy was just always bad. Like he had no depth to it. Michael Shannon is a great actor, but yeah, yeah. he was just a caricature of a of a of a angry angry mean guy who just Agent wants to guy. torture yeah uh, this this fishman. Um, which made no sense to me either. Why he would just want to torture it, uh, and you know there was a there was thing a thing on Facebook the day of the Oscars and they were comparing uh, this '80s movie called Splash. I don't know if you guys ever have seen it, yes. but uh, you know they were comparing the two, and I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty similar. Except you know Splash was a comedy, and and this and wasn't. But I like Splash a lot more. <laughs> I enjoyed Splash. Dan, have you seen Splash? Oh yeah, definitely. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanna. Hanks. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, one of the, one of the most authentic, honest actors I've ever seen. Yeah, very honest with his feelings. Um, Ron Howard directed that too. Post. Have you seen the post? I have not seen the post. That does. Yeah. Have you seen it? I found, yeah, I finally watched it. And I was there's a scene where he's with Meryl Streep, and it just didn't seem real. Oh. Which scene was that? When they were eating, uh, having lunch, and uh, there was like some laughter. It's very at the very beginning of the movie. You know, it was funny you say that because I went to a screening of the post uh, with Spielberg there, and they said that scene was the first scene they shot, uh, and there was no like rehearsals or anything. So oh. that scene was the first, literally the first scene they shot in the movie, and. Uh, Huh. Yeah, and and you know Spielberg, you know he's he's a great director, but I think he just rushed that movie out. I mean, it took him nine yeah. months to put that movie out because of the political climate, and he wanted to make sure it came out as soon as it could because he's in the middle of making uh, Ready Player One. Right, and, right, right. And he in the middle of making Ready Player One, he decides to do the post, and they all the team that did Ready Player One jumped in to help him do the post in nine months and release it. Wow. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy how fast he released it, but it probably didn't, you know. Uh, provide the impact which he was probably hoping yeah um yeah it got nominated but as far as like critical um or like buzz about that film it seems fairly quiet yeah yeah it's funny because as you notice like some of the movies that were nominated didn't get a lot of buzz like the denzel film didn't get a buzz yeah. i didn't see that film at all i didn't even have any screenings for it um <laughs> 
the 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 Phantom Thread didn't get a lot of buzz. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis was great in that, actually. Okay. And, yeah. And, well, he's always good. <laughs> yeah, and you know they kind of just disregarded that movie too. I mean, it was nominated, but yeah. there wasn't a lot of press I, for it. I've got a question. Do you guys know if if there were any Weinstein movies that were nominated? Oh. I mean, if there sure. were, they might have taken that label off. Maybe, I don't know. So I was wondering, like, Phantom Thread was one of those movies. Huh. I don't remember. It could have been. You know what? It could have been. You you know, I was just telling Dan this. Um, the Me Too movement is actually getting, uh, more traction in like other countries, because of what's happening in the U.S. Like in Korea, a lot of directors. Um, and like this poet, this he's like a noble, he's like a noble uh, Nobel Prize favorite to win. Um, was got you know, they're being called out for sexual harassment. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. So, I I think that's that's great. I mean, it's for something to happen in the U.S. and helps make the world a better place, like in other countries, and for women to speak up. I just, it's dope. I don't know. Yeah. Can I ask that? Go ahead. I just was wondering about that because I, I didn't hear any of the Weinstein movies. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what came out. Uh... I would have to Google some stuff, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that they would be very, very low-key on his involvement in the film. <laughs> How did you feel about the the short that Kobe won? Uh, that, uh... <laughs> he paid for it. <laughs> exactly. It's messed up because there's so many great shorts. People work hard. They, 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 they save up all their money, or they, you know, do a great story or whatnot. And Kobe comes in with his basketball story and hires John Williams as the composer. And I don't know who does the artwork for him, but well, that guy, that guy did a lot of artwork for, uh, for well, Disney. Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and all that stuff. Yes, yeah. He's pretty uh, famous. Glenn, I think Glenn Keane. Yeah. Yeah. For him to win the Oscar just really irks me. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. Sorry, Kobe. Hey, if you want to hire me for your next short, let me know. But <laughs> Kobe Studios. Um. But I gotta give you real talk. I went to a screening, one of the, the Oscar screenings for the shorts. Uh, like uh, just pre-Oscar weekend, right? And, uh, yeah, Kobe was there. I was like, who's that really tall black guy? Oh my God, it's Kobe. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't even look at the pamphlet before. I just wanted to see the short films because I'm, I'm working, I'm writing a short film right now. I was like, oh, this would be good, like, research. So I went to go see the short films. I was like, what, what's Kobe doing here? And, oh, he has a short. Anyways, I saw all the shorts. Uh, I saw all the live action animated ones. And I saw the animated ones. And there's one in particular, uh, shout out to, uh, empty space right it was, it was based on a poem uh about a guy how one of the things that he shared with his father uh was learning how to pack a suitcase <laughs> and it's pretty dope it's stop motion it took him like nine months to make it's ridiculous right and it's beautiful and the, okay kobe short was first and i saw it nice animation is very smooth heartfelt made me think about oh you know, like it's it's him. To, it's basically his retirement speech, right? He he talked about how, oh, 
this is my body. I've used it up to its fullest. My love for this game, I've used it. And uh, now it's for what's my next stage. I guess it's making movies. <laughs> and anyways, it was good. But yeah, the uh, I thought the other, there are some other shorts were like so much stronger. Real talk. Um, and no, no offense to Kobe. I thought his short was great. But I think he still has a lot of room to grow as a filmmaker slash writer, you know? Like he was, what did he do for that short? He wrote that text for it and he gave his input on it. it was, he paid for it, like Dan said, right? So, but you know, Glenn was the direct, create, you know, you know, animated and directed it. Um, but and John Williams was the John composer. John Williams was the composer. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, you know, yeah, I saw it too. I went to the John Williams... Uh, uh, concert at the, at the Hollywood Bowl, and they screened it there, and Kobe was there, and wow. and it was great. I I enjoyed the short, yeah. but I don't think it deserves an Academy Award. That's uh, my take. Yes, Dan, what's your take? Pretty much it. I mean, he paid for it. I, <laughs> I respect him as a basketball player, but he purchased that that Oscar. But it's not wow. any different from Weinstein Company doing that the same thing. That's true. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh. uh you know, you're you're definitely the publicity and stuff like that. It's wait, wait, Shakespeare. Sorry, Dan, what are you saying about Shakespeare in Love? Well, Weinstein, they say he basically bought that Oscar back huh. in 1999 really? when it beat up uh, Saving Private Ryan. If you think about it, up until then, whoever won the Best Director, that film is usually the Best Picture winner too. Okay. And then after after that whole Saving Private Ryan and Shakespeare in Love thing, it started deviating quite a bit. Right, 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 right. We noticed that too. Like usually, more recent years, it wasn't. It was usually different, right? Director or something, and then picture was another director. Yeah. But uh, well, this year it was both. It was, uh, you know, Guillermo. Guillermo. Uh, yeah. Good for him. But I, sorry, Guillermo, I did not like your film. <laughs> did you guys watch Dunkirk? I, I did. did. I did. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh wow. Uh oh. George and I really liked it. <laughs> well, what what I, did I, what did you not like about it? I just didn't think there was much of a story. That's true. Okay, it's uh, true. I mean, who's the protagonist? Know, did you see Darkest Hour? Yes, I, I did not. How's how's that for you guys? So you know, Darkest Hour is this, almost the same story as Dunkirk, right? I mean, a little <laughs> bit different because it's about. Uh, um, Churchill. Yeah, Churchill yeah. to to get the the boats to to Dunkirk to save the the troops and with with uh, Nolan's film it's just it's about the same thing except this you actually see what the troops are going through and at three different time time uh, time frames right one right, right. day an hour day or a week and a month or something like that right? I can't remember exactly yeah yeah and I I guess that's the confusing part a lot of people. Uh, see and and it's not conventional and i think nolan's good for that i i like the visuals in dunkirk i, I like that he shot it in 70 and um just to do that and to get those shots i thought were amazing yeah um yeah the story itself was was pretty Sparse, pretty yeah. simple and stuff like that yeah, but it was yeah. interesting the way he he cut it and how uh, the different timelines were were shown. Um, I can understand people not liking that though. Yeah, uh, here's what I'm gonna say about Dunkirk. I went to a screen where he was 
he spoke about the film afterwards, right? So that was pretty dope. It was like a, a double screening of Dunkirk and Interstellar. And uh, side, tangent, there was like this really cute Chinese girl there. And I was like, she wore this shirt and she had like a nice, you know, chest area. And like and her shirt said, uh, so it goes, right? I was like, oh my God, that like, because that's a, that's a quote from Kurt Vonnegut, um, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I went up to her. Oh, hey. Do you like Kurt Vonnegut? And she was like, she just went like this. Like, she raised her shoulder like, huh? And like, yeah, you're sure. It says so close. She's like, huh? And then walked away. So, and then, and then I realized, I, so sorry, tangent, but I walked, I, I, uh, I sat, uh, during the second film, she sat closer to me. I was like, oh, maybe I'll see, yeah. I was listening. Oh, they're, they're Chinese. You know, they speak Chinese. So I, I went up to like her and her friend, like, oh, hey. How would you guys in Chinese say, "Hey, what'd you guys think of the last film?" And they're like, they looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I just I heard you guys speaking Chinese, and uh, and I sat down in my seat because <laughs> like they were just like, huh? They, and then they looked at me and they looked at the, their phone. I was, I was like, damn it. Anyways, so anyways, uh, another story about that screening was that uh, some guy I, I was standing in standby line for that screening for Dunkirk, and and this guy. He's like, hey, are you by yourself? I'm like, yeah, this is an older white guy. I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, do you need, I need a ticket? I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, he's my guest. So, and I was like, uh, okay. He had an extra ticket. So, and he had like one of the, like these fancy ass academy tickets, right? So I was like, oh, dope. I get to sit in the reserve seat. And then when Nolan went to speak, I went to the front and, and you know, sat in those seats. I was like, whoa, this is great. And, but this is how paranoid I am. He, I got a drink, right? And I went, and I left it, and I went to use the bathroom. And as was, as was taking a piss, and uh, I was sitting next to that the older uh, Caucasian gentleman who got me the ticket. I was thinking, wait, what if he's like gonna date rape me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was like, I'm thinking to myself, shit, I should not have left my drink unattended. So what I did was I went back. Oh, you guys might think I'm crazy. I went back. And I, I took the drink, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm a, uh, excuse me. I took the drink and I left and I went to the girl. I, was, I feel so bad for her. I said, hey, um, this lemon, this, this drink tastes kind of funny. Uh, uh, she's like, oh, which one was it? I was like, oh, it was the lemonade. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, oh, it might just be me. No, 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 don't worry. I'll take care of it. Here, let me get you a new drink. So I got a new drink. <laughs> okay. You saved your life anyways who knows no he seemed like a nice enough guy but you never know like older i've been hit on by older i've been held by black man white man whatever and uh you gotta be careful out there you know hmm. like yeah so i was like i didn't know what his intentions were by giving me the free ticket he seemed nice enough we talked about film and stuff like that and he was he's knowledgeable anyways okay bringing it back so we i get to sit up close to nolan and when he's doing his talk and he talked about the Dunkirk, how in the last part of Interstellar, he, I think it's called the Shepherd's uh, Theory or Shepherd's Rule, where in the last part of Interstellar, it's the, it starts getting kind of cyclical as far as the, the tempo. In music, the Shepherd's Theory or whatever, um, I believe that's the name of it, uh, music can rise, then falls back, and then rise again, fall back, rise again. Kind of like this sort of tempo of rising falling a little bit not all the way but then rising again in the next tangent tangential section so and he's like thinking for interstellar he did that for the last third act right 
he's thinking, oh, what if I took that third act and applied the same concept towards a whole movie? And which is basically what he did. He had three different stories and one rose. And then basically the, the next section started slightly lower before the, their climax and it rose a little bit. And then the next section started. So anyways, I watched the film and I liked it. I thought that this, the, the, this kind of like, it's like an art house film. And the, he even says this. It's like an art house film disguised as a major blockbuster. Right? It's very stylized. It's very stylized. Now, I talked to my older uh, <laughs> a white friend who I made there. Um, and he, he, made up a, he made a good point. He did not like the movie. And he was like an older, you know, I think he, yeah, anyways, I don't want to talk. Yeah, he mentioned, you know that scene where the, sh a spoiler guys, to audience members, spoiler, Dunkirk. There's a scene where they're, they're shooting the freaking boat, right? There's holes in the boat. Someone, and there are all these like 12 guys, or like 10 guys are all in this, hiding out in this empty uh, vessel. And even the ship, the ship owner comes in and gets trapped there too. They pull him in, right? And all of a sudden there's these, these someone's doing target practice, right? They, they at first they think they're being shot at, but then they realize, oh, it's centered, someone's doing target practice. And then I'm like, but they still stay in there. Like, no one's willing to go leave, right? And then again, the water, water starts seeping in. And someone, and this, the person's still shooting in the same area. It seems a little bit like, wait, where's the bullet coming from? That bullet, the direction of that bullet, that means the person's shooting from like the ocean, then maybe? Or is he shooting from the beach? I don't think so. It just, it seemed a little, and he made a good point, it seemed a little contrived. Like, it was made to create tension in that scene. But logistically speaking, or reality speak, physically speaking, how, Where how was plausible that is that you know scenario? Like, why, why did those guys stay there and basically like almost die? Some of them died, did die, right? Um, and I, th I thought that oh, that's a fairly good point. And I think that's an issue with some of Nolan. Nolan, I think, is still like a really strong filmmaker, great filmmaker. But I think some of sometimes he does have certain scenes where they seemed a little bit made for the sake of drama sometimes you know uh i think as a whole his films are very strong though like the dark knight you know what some more some of the some inception of the yeah inception but there are some scenes where i'm like man that was it seemed like he just made that just but the thing is what is film film is made for tension right and drama but yeah it, i do feel like there has to be some sort of plausibility and organicness to it but dan so dan sorry to wrap it up uh, what 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 did you hate about dunkirk <laughs> I think I, I expressed that. It yeah. just didn't feel. I mean, it, it looked good. Yeah. Um, no doubt about that. But overall, I just didn't feel connected with that movie at all. I mean, uh, it seemed a very um, what's the word? He seemed a little distant from the characters a little bit. I guess the way he filmed it. But okay, we should wrap it up. Um, George, anything uh, you wanted to share before? Well. The next thing we're going to do is uh, Language Corner, but like anything you want to share, you know, from your experiences. Oh, uh, here's here's one thing. Let me know if you want to do this. Um, advice you would give to up-and-coming actors who are thinking about moving to L.A., maybe, or Asian-American actors in general. Uh, advice you would give to a younger, maybe, you know, like a younger version of yourself who's thinking about starting acting, maybe from the Bay Area, think about moving to, or from some other part of the, L, uh, of the U.S. or the world, and is thinking about coming to L.A., is... Asian-American male actor. Yeah. I think uh, just if 
you really want to do it, if you have a passion for it and you love it and you think uh, that's what you want to do, then I say do it because there's only one one life and you know it may be rough it may be hard and there's not one one right way to do it either so if you feel that you want to do it do it if you want to do something else with it do something else with it if you want to um, uh, pursue it then pursue it but I say do the homework um, you don't necessarily need a degree or something like that but I say take classes definitely and try different things you know improv voice speech Shakespeare and read a lot of plays read a lot of good writing and go for it cool awesome thanks um, all right so yeah dad anything else before we move to language corner and sign off nope, nope. okay all right yay language corner yay um, so yay. language corner for today um, we brought this up a little bit earlier, Qingmingjie. So Qingmingjie is, uh, is basically tomb sweeping day. And basically, it, you see a little bit of this in Coco, but uh, it's basically like where we, like in Chinese culture or Taiwanese culture, they celebrate uh, the ancestors, right? Or they, uh, so there's this plot of land in Lukang where all my ancestors are buried. And I, I had the privilege to go there and see that. Um, and you know we would prepare food and one 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 food that i want to mention real quick is uh bazang bazang is zongzi in chinese it's the sticky rice in the triangle it's so good it's like and i think it's i don't know danny you can tell me if but i think the saturated fat is you know pretty high but <laughs> it's like you've got like you got braised pork in there you got the tea egg in there you've got the sauteed mushroom in there oh my god it's delicious, right? Um, and I, that's one thing I do miss. So that so Qingmingjie Bazang and and Zongzi Bazang you can also eat for like um, there's a oh I'm gonna share a quick story. So the Bazang is for another holiday. I think it's Dragon uh, Dragon Boat Festival. So Bazang was is it was for ba Dragon Ball Festival because a poet was like I think I forget why but he committed suicide. He was so depressed he committed suicide and he. And to prevent the, the fish from eating up his body, the people who his, the people who loved him put the sticky rice into the lake so the fish would eat the rice instead of his body. So that's like the legend, right? But um, anyways, that's my language slash cultural corner. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you guys want to share anything? Like we just share basically a phrase or something from their our culture that a phrase from our culture. Um, Dan, did you have anything? Yeah, there's, I don't know why, uh, I have a feeling, I, I can guess why, but in Japan, they use this word Yankee for um, people who are delinquents. So usually it's a, someone who's dyed their hair blonde or whatever, <laughs> and, and does like really bad stuff like steal. They call them Yankees. Okay. Yankee. So that sounds like an American Oh, is there a... Yeah, it's a borrowed word. It's it's for like American. Oh, so does it name. Okay. Yeah. So Yankee is for like someone who's trying to be American? Who's it? Or like No, who's a delinquent? delinquent. They, I mean they dye their hair blonde and all this other stuff. And... Uh, cool. Uh George, you have anything or Yeah, I mean going with the cocoa thing, uh, you know, in Vietnamese 
we have that thing called Lam uh, Zo, which is to uh, honor the person who's passed away in your family. And we would uh, lay out all their favorite foods and light incense and give a prayer and, mm. and ask them for, uh, you know, health and, and you know, the taking care of us and watching over us. Uh, usually it's the old, the eldest son or eldest child would have that dinner on the day that they were passed away and the entire family would come and and celebrate uh, is it pronounced namzo namzo yeah. yeah quick thought uh, are your parents cool with you acting you bring up family um were your parents always pretty supportive of you for your acting or yeah i mean for the most part they they always supported what i wanted to do great, obviously great. it helped with a bio degree and yeah. <laughs> i really couldn't say anything uh, yeah because you're feeding uh, yourself because i'm feeding myself and pursuing my passion so they 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 always were supportive they would go see my shows and oh, and watch my films and stuff like that so oh. um, i was always lucky with that great that's cool man all right well uh, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much, George, for your time and inviting me to your home. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed Thanks, it. Thanks, George. Thanks yeah. a lot. Nice meeting you. Cool. So this is going to be uh, James, a.k.a. Young, uh, signing off. This is Dan, a.k.a. Yin, signing off. And then you want to sign off? This is George Q. Nguyen, signing off. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Relationships getting you down.